Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. We have Pepper Basham here with us today to talk about her newest book, Positively Penelope. So I'm going to read your bio real fast, and then we are going to dive in. Pepper Basham is a best-selling author who writes romance peppered with grace and humor. Writing both historical and contemporary novels, she loves to incorporate her native Appalachian culture and or her unabashed adoration of the UK into her stories. She currently resides in the lovely mountains of Asheville, North Carolina, where she is the wife of a fantastic pastor, mom of five great kids, a speech-language pathologist, and a lover of chocolate, jazz, hats, and Jesus. Thank you, Pepper, for joining us. <laughs> so glad to get to be with you guys. So we're going to start out like we usually do by having you tell us a little bit about Positively Penelope. Okay, <laughs> so um, Positively Penelope kind of lives up to its title. It is about a character who is full of joy and positivity <laughs> and kind of has her goal in life to bring other people into the spotlight. So she goes to this foreign country called Skamar to help uh, resurrect a dying theater. And in the process, it just so happens the family who owned the theater's last name are Gray. <laughs> and so she comes to shine her sunshine into the Gray family and Ooh. see what happens there. So <laughs> um, it's a lot of, there's, it just was such a fun book to write because really the the heart of the story is bringing joy and what we do with joy and and how it's a little different than happiness um and so that was it's been such a fun thing there's a lot of good family dynamics and it is written in epistolary style for those who are maybe not familiar with that it's through emails and texts and letters and um that's not everybody's jam i've learned but it's still <laughs> I've been, <laughs> but i've really learned that it's been a fun th way to um to tell this story so excellent and how do you say that style again because I can never say it right yeah so you think of the epistles in the bible right letters by Paul mm -hmm. and yeah. say epistolary epistolary so, I'll remember epistolary. that for three minutes yeah yeah right. epistolary I, I yeah well see <laughs> I and I I was saying it Skymar not Skamar in my that's head fine too. Okay. the whole that's time that's fine too so, oh, yeah <laughs> What are you having trouble with, Narelle? You got yeah. one? Well, I actually am I actually do have something before I ask my question. <laughs> I initially thought that Penelope was British until I saw a reference to the Blue Ridge Mountains, which I'm like, oh, maybe she's not British. And so <laughs> Um, and I think, and then I thought, well, why did I think she was British? And I think we go back to the Mary Poppins, Julie Andrews. So I'm hearing Ma Julie Andrews in my head talking away with that reference. And at the same time, um, I'm thinking about pop culture. And often if I read pop culture references, I'm not familiar with, I insert my own because that's just fun. And so then I'm thinking about Lady Penelope and the Thunderbirds. And so I'm convinced she must be British. And at the same time as I'm doing all this, my husband, oh, he's amazing. He baked these amazing English. English scones, fresh out of the oven, strawberry conserve, strawberry jam, freshly whipped cream um, on them, and I'm drinking English Stop breakfast tea. Yeah, so no, I'm making us all hungry. <laughs> hungry. So, I was so completely. I'm sorry, yeah. just so you know, Penelope would be perfectly fine with you thinking all those things about her. She yes. would embrace them. She would embrace <laughs> them with her Julie Andrews heart. She yes. So. <laughs> 
That I was there for her being British with all these things going on in my head. But anyway, let's actually get back to the story. So there's a lot to love about, I think, the grumpy sunshine stuff that we have happening in the story. And there's lots of um, sunshine that relates to Penelope. She's the optimist. She's the extrovert who befriends everyone. She has her fairy tale dreams and her happily ever afters. And she's also, with all this going on, she's refreshingly honest in the way she talks to people, which I love as well so let's talk about how Penelope impacts the people around her when they on first acquaintance when they first meet her and as time goes on as I get to know her as a person as well um so I think that it she comes on strong so the first reaction people usually have is whoa back up (laughs) it's a lot um because she is genuinely authentic in her joy and in her her love for life and meeting people like ultimate extrovert um she so she comes on strong and that's what it kind of kind of i think shows in the book when we first meet her it's like whoa and then you start seeing this other side of her that gives her more that three-dimensional uh personality just like the grays are seeing right just like the people that she's meeting are seeing oh it's she's not fake or she's not silly well she is silly sometimes (laughs) she's not she's not shallow there's a lot to her that make her a deeper person so I loved watching how I mean all of them respond to her in different ways I I think maybe Gwen is probably the one who responds the least big reaction because Gwen has kind of that love for theater too and they match at that level but you, you watch, of course you watch Matt respond. <laughs> and I think he was getting ready to arrest her at the beginning of the book. And then and then um, even Alec and of course, Grandpa Gray, which was really important for me because people grieve in so many different ways and it looks different for everybody. And um, it was neat to get to see how that kind of hope and joy she brought into grieving people's lives. Uh, that was the deeper level. And I loved watching that happen. Yeah, it was lots of fun in the story. I really enjoyed it. And then I really, I mean, people, there's some people that love and don't like epistolary books, but this one doesn't go all the way through as epistolary. We do go into sort of the normal story sort of later on. So I would, if you're not a fan of epistolary, keep reading because you will enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and the audiobook. Some people have found that if they are not in, uh, they're not fans of reading epistolary but listening to it they find a little easier so and the the audiobook both izzy and and penelope's audiobooks were knocked out of the park by monkey nut audiobooks they did amazing cool i will say narelle if you had read authentically izzy you would know penelope was <laughs> well <laughs> this is what you get for reading out of order <laughs> well gonna, gonna put that post- out there Every book stands alone, but but you know what? I have amnesia when it comes to books sometimes as well, and I may not. I mean, I'm an Australian, so I don't default to every character being American in the way when I read stuff. I just don't do that. I'm Australian, so I may not have remembered that it was America, even if I had read the first one, which I haven't yet read. It's on my TBR, but it hasn't hit the top of my ridiculously long TBR. Yeah, so I may not have. I still might not have got that. Well, and Narelle, if you like accents, the audiobook, uh, they, it was all it was all recorded in Hampshire, England. So 
We oh. have a lot of great accents coming out in the audiobook, both for Izzy and Penelope. So if you're after that accent, it won't be Penelope, but it'll be some other people in the story. You know, sounds I fun. Listen to the audiobook. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I, have, I have heard good reviews of the audio on these. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about it. So excellent. <laughs> All right, Valerie. I snagged a quote from somewhere in the middle that seemed to encapsulate it. And it goes like this. I think of the Darling House, which is the name of the theater that she's there to resurrect. I think of the Darling House kind of like Sleeping Beauty, slumbering beneath a curse of grief and uncertainty for so long. It's going to take a lot of fighting, hard work and magic, imagination to rescue it. I believe it was in an email from Penelope, uh, but I didn't write that down. Of course I didn't write that down. <laughs> So can we talk about how that kind of fighting and, and, and uh, hard work and magic can battle that kind of a, of a curse? Mm, uh, great question. I love these questions. Um, <laughs> so, so what I found so interesting was that people have been surprised when they've gone into reading the story because they're expecting a very light read. And there are all these sneak punches, I guess, of real grief. Mm -hmm. uh, in it and how can you still have this joyful character when there's so much grief and I think that that quote is actually a wonderful way to talk about this story because um, I, as Christians we have a bigger view of what our lives are like right that we are characters in God's big story and we're loved so big and and we already know the ending and we can live with the assurance of what's on the other side of the end of our story right so we don't have to live in the uncertainty that we put our characters through. <laughs> we can live with certainty of what the ending is, right? And so I think um, when we talk about grief, especially from Penelope's point of view, because she has made it to the other side of grief, and she's looking at it with a bigger God eye view than maybe some of the other characters are. And a part of that, it doesn't mean it just boom happens right? But the imagination part of that does help us see heaven, right? The imagination part of that does help us recognize that God's got a bigger story. The hard work part of that is the choosing joy, the choosing to go and believe what God says. Um, and that's hard sometimes because our eyes and our hearts can tell us very different things, but our minds, why God is so, you know, keeps, tells us to love, love him with our minds too, is because our minds can tell our hearts what to believe when our hearts aren't ready to listen, right? And I found that to be something in my own grief journey over the past uh, several years um, of so comforting because the story isn't a sad story, even when it feels sad right now. It's ultimately not. And and um, I love that Penelope sees that bigger picture and can see that the waking sleeping beauty of God's goodness and grace and the happily ever after, that it's not going to stay. We're not we're we're uh, we've been free from the curse. We just may not see it right now, but the truth is still there. So I, I think, yeah, I think that's a great quote to to encapsulate it I hadn't thought about that so that was really good <laughs> I, yeah so I was reading along I was just like staring at that and I'm like yeah gonna yeah. mark that one down <laughs> because it just felt very significant um, yeah. there in the middle and speaking of of grief and how uh different people handle it um first of all 
for listeners who haven't read the book yet, um, it's not heavy on grief, yeah. but but the grief is there, mm. as it is in many of our lives. I think uh, it kind of rolls through. I mean, you can't love people without ever experiencing grief. Yeah. Um, but I especially, I think, appreciated the um, the transformation in Grandpa Gray. I think uh, he might have been my favorite character. Uh, just um, he was ready to to shut everything down. He was not living in the present and didn't know how to and didn't know if he wanted to. Um, and yet little bit of joy a little bit of positivity okay quite a lot <laughs> uh, yeah in your face Penelope. um but gently mm-hmm. gently uh help draw him out and and um bring him back to to a joy of living again so yeah. I, I think sometimes we we uh, underestimate the power of talking about the people we've lost with the people who need to talk about them because I know people get uncomfortable I don't want to hurt you if we talk about this person but right. I would say 80% of the people that I know who've lost people they love want to talk about them because we don't want them to be forgotten we don't want, want people to think they didn't have an impact on our lives right and um you know just the other day somebody who, who didn't know me asked me if I had any siblings and my brother passed away two years ago unexpectedly and I hadn't had to answer that question before post his death and so it was it took me aback because I'm like well I do I did I have how do you answer that right and so and then I got to talk about him and one of the beautiful things about that is that I think people who are grieving deeply need to be heard and they need for people to see their grief instead of pretend it's not happening. And we don't want to see it and have them stay there. And Penelope doesn't do that. She's not wanting to help them all sit in their soup of grief and all just boil, right? right. She wants to listen, mm. but then pull the story out and make and put feet into action of finding joy and hope and why you're still here. You know, Grandpa Gray is still a part of this world. Yeah. And so it was, yeah, I, I think that was one of the things that I loved seeing how she responded to him in a way he needed somebody to interpret his grief. Yeah, because the, the siblings all like had a different angle on it and and from him. And the, the person who is deceased in this case was his wife, who had been the uh, the heart of the theater. And so we've got three siblings and then grandpa who are um, wrestling their way through this. Uh, and Penelope, who's the outsider coming in and going, let's do this thing. And they're like, well, what do we really want to do this thing? <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. And, and your sunshine elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> much enthusiasm here. I have a little respect. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, so now we get to, I'm, I'm known for having opinions. I'm told. Well, pardon oh, me. <laughs> I, I didn't know this. I'm told this. I don't know if I believe it or not. But Penelope makes a fairly polarizing statement. And I thought that we should dig into some of this because it is it is pretty polarizing and it is out there. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> she says that the sound of music is a Christmas movie. All right. And it is clearly an Easter movie. 
So, <laughs> so her only justification is that she watches The Sound of Music at Christmas, which is why it's an Easter movie, because it is always on at Easter. And that is when I watch it. So is there more justification to this blatantly false assumption that you put into the story? I've got to tell a story with this, okay? So my whole life growing up, the only time I could watch The Sound of Music was when it came on television. Because you couldn't just hop on the internet and find it, right? Right. You could you could get it on a on a on a VHS tape. Yeah. A two two VHS tapes. And 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 so that wasn't easy though, because I live in Appalachia. I mean, you drive to get things. And so so I grew up waiting for it to come on at Christmas every year. It came on at Christmas every year. Now, the funny story to this is that again, Appalachian story. My great grandmother was still alive up through the, um when I was in high school. And she, take this with a grain of salt, she was Appalachian. And she had never had a sit-down bath before, ever. Because you washed yourself from a a bowl, Mm -hmm. you cleansed yourself with a cloth, and that's how she'd always grown up doing that. So when I was about 12 years old, it was near Christmas, and my mom, her sister, and my grandmother went down to the the assisted living facility to visit my great-grandmother. And they were going to give her a bath. A sit down bath because she'd never had one and she she needed to have one well what I remember was the sounds coming from the bathroom while I was watching the sound of music <laughs> in front of the television trying to walk out and she was like you're gonna put me in all that water I'm gonna die <laughs> funny commentary coming <laughs> from the bathroom but I remember because I knew it was going to come on because it was near Christmas so I took that idea with Penelope because it worked really well because she loves Christmas and everything is big and amazing and Julie Andrews and so it fit really well now I I believe it can be an Easter movie too or a birthday movie <laughs> Penelope would love it for her birthday <laughs> but that was that's really funny that's a polarizing statement it is we should have people vote that would be you just just reminded me of my cat that would be my cat trying to bath her that would be the reaction I would have lots of sound and music wailing (laughs) if I tried to put my cat anywhere near water yes it would rival your great-grandmother I'm just imagining, you know, being 16, going on 17, all that water. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right. It was so funny. So funny. Right. So <laughs> on, a, on a slightly more serious note, um, what is it about The Sound of Music, particularly? Because Julie Andrews is a whole thing, but The Sound of Music is is a big part of that. What, um, how, how or why is The Sound of Music such a big part of Penelope's personality (laughs) well of course Julie Andrews would be the first answer I think the second answer is because Penelope's personality is like Maria Von Trapp's uh, is shown in the movie she's coming into this established very serious structured joy's been lost in that situation and she's bringing something that they all need that they don't even realize they need and um and it just so happens that she also gets the dad and the castle and all, this, all those know, things like, hey, the family 
um, there was, there's so much symbolism there. I thought, and I didn't even realize it. I don't know if you guys do this when you're writing, but sometimes you get to the end and you're like, I didn't even mean for that to happen. And that happened. And yeah. it's so sweet because that's when you kind of look at it and go, Oh, God was God's fingerprints yeah. are like moving across this story. And um, so that was just really fun. And the whole, if you read Izzy, they're always talking about, you can't fall in love with an older guy unless there's a war happening because of every movie. And in Jane Austen's time, you didn't, you didn't marry older guys unless there was a war involved. And so, and so it was okay for the sound of music because there was a war involved and uh, to have the age difference. Yeah. Um, so I think that, but I think that element of this, personality coming into a, a broken place and, and bringing healing is very much like her story absolutely absolutely and absolutely. I never realized the sound of music is grumpy sunshine like I never really <laughs> thought is. about that yeah. but pretty much any Julie Andrews movie is grumpy sunshine because she's her characters are typically that sunshine. over the top sunshine yeah yeah yep. so I learned something <laughs> excellent very excellent very fun all right um where are we at? We're doing we're doing pretty well. Uh, what is next? Loyally, Luke. When when do we get Luke? Uh, Luke comes out in May, twenty twenty four, um, and I can't wait. I'm in the the last two days of edits right now, Ooh, so uh, hopefully we'll be turning that in Sunday night, probably at midnight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's supposed to be out in May. And can you obviously Luke is will be our hero. Will the his his lady his lady love have we met her yet or she's someone totally new? Okay, so um this is not a spoiler because if okay. you look at the cover of the book, you can tell. Um she's brand new and she's a princess. Oh and um, oh. Which, which has been really fun and Luke was very mad at me for a very long time while reading writing his story because I did the worst thing possible yes. to him yeah. by bringing a princess into his life and so um so that, blue jeans and flannel shirt <laughs> exactly um and so getting to uh kind of throw them to, in together and figure out how that was going to work um in Skamar again in this country where I can create a royal family yeah um it's it's been so, it's been so much fun though to get to see the deeper side of him kind of like we got to see the deeper side of Penelope mm -hmm. um where you in the first book in Izzy she, sorry my kids um <laughs> in the first book in Izzy she we just hear a lot of Penelope being this light-hearted and sometimes silly kind of personality and then I loved getting to go behind that persona that we see very shallow in the first book to show the deeper side of her she's still her I mean you can still read book one uh Narelle, when you go back to read book one you'll be like oh yeah that's still Penelope oh, right Penelope. yes but and she can be just... British for me she can be British <laughs> forever for me it's okay right right <laughs> if she loves Julie Andrews like she does she would love it if she could speak British Absolutely. my, my yeah. My thought is she probably doesn't do a very good English accent, but that's just my guess. <laughs> um, she, she would love to be able to, though. Um, and uh, so Luke is kind of going to be that. Well, how do we, he goes over to Skamar. You guys read the end of Penelope, and he yeah. has been given a job to do in Skamar for woodworking yep. and construction. And so he goes over there and in the process meets a princess. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> because why not? As you do. Why not? As I mean, right. 
It's my I will world. say I spent a good bit of authentically Izzy wondering if he was going to end up being royal. So it's I'm glad I'm glad that we're getting royal at least with yeah well that was I've never written a royal romance before and I loved being able to have a royal family because Mm -hmm. I love following some of that I'm not a diehard royal watcher but I do enjoy watching things like that and learning about it because it's very interesting um but yeah I I think it took me two book two books to work, work up the courage to try <laughs> and then yeah. it was the perfect book to try it on so there we go and well will there be more rambo references since luke's oh, yes. in charge now good excellent as not, a, not <laughs> as many i mean he gets the most of them out in penelope i think but you okay. still have rambo you have some mission impossible quotes but the problem is is with luke's story um, all the worst hallmark tropes that could possibly happen to him are probably going to happen to Yay. him okay. and probably, um, huh? probably <laughs> and he's going to know it see he's going to be aware because Penelope is narrating his life that's excellent and <laughs> she's telling him what's going to happen next because oh you're going to have forced proximity next because it always happens in the movie and so he's like no 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 <laughs> And so, yes, that's been very I fun. loved their banter, the sibling banter mm. uh, all yes. the way through. So I'm, I'm looking forward to more of this yes. sibling group um, when Luke comes out. Yep. It, it was, it was, it has probably been one of my favorite family groups to write. I think I might even like, that's a tie for liking the romance in the family uh, because they're just such fun and that you show, you get to show so much of their character through their family dynamics. Mm. And I will say, um, I, I finished writing Luke and I was like really emotional because I've gotten so attached to this these fan, this family, but I was glad, I'm glad to say I have a novella that uh, Thomas Nelson is having me do a Christmas novella that's linked to Skamar. So I still have this one little dangling <laughs> carrot with this family. It's, it's more separated, but you're still getting the family. And it's a royal romance of with the princess in Luke's story's youngest brother. Uh, so so we'll get to see him come to the states and nobody cares that he's a will that be next christmas not this coming not this coming christmas next christmas yeah and i'll be with two other authors so i'm super excited it's going to be a little uh, christmas collection and it it gets it's kind of letting me hold on to them just a little bit longer a little bit longer (laughs) yeah excellent all right where can people go to find you and your books Okay, so the best the best place would be on the website at mm-hmm. pepperdbasham.com. I have um, a book coming out in December that's I write both historical and contemporary. So, you know, people can try different things. Not everything I write is epistolary, <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> for those who are fearful. And, um, and so I have a historical romance coming out in December. And then we have Luke. And then we have another historical romance coming out next fall, which is Appalachian, which okay. is my culture. And so lots of different things happening, but you'll find out about that. If you're on my website, you can sign up for my newsletter. Um, I really love connecting with readers. So if people want to, to contact me on Instagram or Facebook, I'm those two are my main mm-hmm. social media places. I love chatting with people i'm so grateful for them for readers for other authors who support each other it's amazing the community is just amazing i will say um, follow pepper and jamie joe wright on instagram 
and then just like watch the reels between them um, because it's very, very fun. I waste entirely too many hours of my day between the two of you on Instagram. I just it, so I mean, I guess maybe that's a warning. <laughs> they will they will suck time out of your day, but you will enjoy every moment of it. Um, Jamie's got so much going on. I haven't been able to tease her into some more reels lately. And so, you know, when one of us gets busy, we try to pull out the other one and she's been really busy lately. And I keep making fun of her online and this one, she's not biting at all. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you so much for sharing Penelope with us and for coming on to talk about her with us. Um, we all, we had fun, the three of us. Um, and we have a little Facebook chat where we organize things. And when we read this, we were like, right. we, we had so much fun, so much fun <laughs> talking about this. So um, it's like, have you gotten to this part yet? And it's like, Shh, not there yet. <laughs> so um, it, the best compliment is whenever people tell me that they laughed out loud and they just had such joy reading it, because I think that really speaks to what Penelope would want best. But I think bigger than that is if, you know, the faith that Penelope carries mm -hmm. is a joyful faith. And I mean, of course we have sorrow and of course we have grief and I believe me, I get it. Um, but underneath that, that's where joy stays the same. Happiness comes and goes and we have that grief, but joy is consistent because it's not our joy. I mean, it is our joy, but we didn't create it. Not out of right? us. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. it, stays, it stays the same. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on Story Chats. Um, let us know your thoughts in the comments on YouTube or on our Facebook page. If you have not read Authentically Izzy or Positively Penelope, um, don't trip over those like we just did. <laughs> please, please, please find them and read them because they are hilarious. Or listen. And, or listen. Yes. Yep. Um, don't let the letter style throw you. Um, letters are amazing. They're just so well done. Um, and then tell us, come tell us what you thought. So um, if you want to find more information about the podcast, you can do that at inspiromance.com slash story chats. And um, if you are over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And we will look forward to seeing everybody next week. In the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.